This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 81, recorded May 13th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. From my new location. Woo, yes. Happy to hear it. Yeah. I still got boxes of stuff I need to go through, but... Uh, yeah, so do I, and I've been in the house for seven years now, so... Yeah, I, I tweeted a pic- <laughs> I tweeted a picture in, during the move where I basically had my server set up and my ball moved over here. There you it's go. Like you know, I still got a bunch of stuff to move, but somehow I feel moved in. Yeah. <laughs> Can I watch stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a long and uh, interesting process to get the internet hooked up here. First of all, the uh, yeah, it always is the the modem. They're like, okay, well the serial number is not registered, so we'll have to swap it out. And then they couldn't find the the jack where it was wired turns out it was wired into a smart hub in the garage oh. so they had to bridge it there and then he goes to wire it in the box on the outside of the house and says oh it turns out that nobody that's ever lived here has ever had the phone service so yep we have to run a wire from the street and then he's running the wire from the street the next day and then the uh the pull line snaps and then he goes and gets a fish tape the fish tape's not long enough and then <laughs> it's like wow so a little bit of a problem getting the internet hooked up here, but once it was hooked up, it's it's rock solid. Yeah, same kind of thing with Uverse, except you know, weird things too. Like uh, like for example, the guy that originally installed it used some uh, splitters that uh, that are a little different than the splitters they use now, and eventually they went bad. And I saw dropouts oh, yeah. and just all kinds of crazy stuff. It's always a pain in the butt, but once you're up, you're up, and it's a lot better from there on out. Oh yeah! Now that it's hooked up, it's just rock solid, and you know, getting the—I think I tested it thirty megabit down and nice up. So <laughs> that'll work! Hooray! This will work perfectly. Good enough. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm also liking you know having more than one circuit in in the room. So like <laughs> for example, when I turn on the microwave in the kitchen, it doesn't undervolt all my desktop PCs. That's nice. Oh wow! That you that's... know the the old place was kind of wired decades ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I, I've only really had a problem with that once. And, um, you know, I, I have a dedicated, uh, actually a dedicated 75 amp circuit for for my welder in the garage, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. But I, I also liberally put uh, what they call freezer plugs in because that's like, that's technically people like to put a freezer in their garage. So, and, and you don't want a freezer really to be on a circuit with anything else because if something else pops it, all your food goes bad. So, yeah. so yeah, they, they call them freezer plugs. That's a great code for give me this, my own circuit for this outlet. Freezer plug equals, this is the only plug on this yes. breaker. <laughs> Run another circuit for this. It's awesome. So I put, I kind of dispersed them around the house in a few places that I wanted them. I can see them scratching their heads going, why do you want a freezer up there? But you know, <laughs> Hey, it's like, put a circuit here. And one of them, uh, well, I actually have three of them in the garage, which is kind of handy. Yeah. But uh, one of them, uh, for a while, I was using this little portable uh, uh, wire welder, which is designed to work on a 20-amp circuit, which is kind of standard. 
but right. uh, but it really runs like the edge. It rides the edge of that twenty amp circuit. <laughs> you know, like it needs the whole freaking twenty amps. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, most things do not, despite what they say on them. And uh, you know, it was fine as long as I used it on you know one of those freezer plugs. But the minute I ran it on the one that had the lights in the shop on it as well, not so much. Mm-hmm. That was that was tricky. It it didn't like blow it every time, but which was just enough to make me think, you know, I really don't want to run an extension cord. And I have to get the big ass extension cord out because, you know, it's it needs it for the twenty amps is the whole point, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop rambling well, I, about welding. No, no, I, I like it. The uh, the microwave, it, they do it draws the same. a lot. They yeah. do the same now. Yeah. It was a, so I can actually run them like I can run the microwave and say a toaster at the same time now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the little things that you you start to appreciate when you when you you know move into a house that was built you know fifty years after the one you were previously living. <laughs> yeah, there's that you know. Yeah, go figure. And they care, which is a plus. I think. Mm-hmm. So speaking of watching things, a high priority in you know for media geeks like us. Uh, you know, we've been having a lot of fun with the Raspberry Pi, and it's gone from being like kind of neat to a fun toy to like useful as hell. Right? Yeah. Well, th- I, I I think last week we had described uh, how I had set up a printer server. Uh huh. Um, Shooter had actually asked on the forums uh, why I wouldn't just get a a wireless adapter for like thirty five bucks, and, right. and the way that I had it set up was that the, you know the printer that I have wasn't wasn't ethernet or wi-fi ready right so you couldn't just plug a you could couldn't just plug a um uh, a wi-fi adapter into it and be done with it but right. uh the 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 much more interesting use case i've come across is uh a project called rasplex oh, r-a-s-p-l-e-x uh this is exactly what you would think it is it's um plex, plex for the raspberry media pi. center on the raspberry pi now, it does require like a class 10 SD card because Ooh. of all the caching that it does. Well, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, I picked up one from, uh, from the Buy More for, I don't know, like 25 bucks or something like that. Um, but what it does is that you, you image that card with this installation. It's using OpenELEC, which, uh, which is an open source media center that's based on XBMC. Which, right. incidentally, Plex is also based on. And then what they've done is that they've ported a lot of the, the Plex interface and uh, features over to this, op- this custom OpenELEC distribution. And the end result is you plug a Wi-Fi adapter into it. You plug a, uh, you plug a USB keyboard into it temporarily to configure it. And you've got, you've got a, a Wi-Fi-capable uh, Plex front end for playing all your... your video and and media off of your plex server that say would be hosted off of your home file server or pc which is pretty awesome because quite honestly i mean we've been kicking around for some time now i mean we both had uh the ultimates yeah the ultimate set top box a mac mini stuck on top of it but there were a couple of drawbacks to that one you can't have a bunch of them because let's face it they're a little pricey right (laughs) and 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 two they get old pretty fast you know which is annoying because it's not like you're going to drop another 600 bucks for one anytime soon and you know number three what if you want like a, a situation like my guest room for example i would really like i have a spare tv i'd like to put in the guest room and give it access to you know to the plex server so that people could watch tv and movies when they're staying with me right 
makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like you, for example. But, mm-hmm. but the, the problem, of course, is that in the past, I mean, your only real option that made any sense at all with that was, was the, uh, the Roku. And, and they do have a Plex app for Roku, but it was, it was not really very well supported or people were not that excited about it. Plus, the Roku is pretty expensive, too. It's 100 bucks, you know? And, you know, you wonder if they're a hundred bucks to get something that's not really going to necessarily work every time. That's that's kind of not cool. So, well, uh, yeah, this I mean, you're probably coming depending on the 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 prices you get on the components. You're probably coming under the hundred dollar price range for one of these Rasplex installs. Well, and Um, more importantly, what I like about it is that, yeah, even if it's a hundred bucks, the truth is it's not like a all or nothing situation like so you you lay out i don't know say actually we i just ordered some stuff for other things we're doing so say you spend i don't know 50 or 60 bucks right on a setup yep. well you know maybe 70 the the trick is let's say that you decide hey you know i don't really want to use plex okay well just reconfigure it as a print server or yep. a music box or, or throw Debian on it and use it as a PC. Or. Whatever. Yeah, that's the point. You know, you can just keep on cruising with it and and doing other things with it instead of like, okay, well, it's a Roku and I don't want to use Roku now, so it goes in the junk pile. Right. Now, one thing I will say that is, would be would be a drawback on this is that you're not going to be able to do stuff like Netflix or Hulu off of this thing. Yet. Um, yet. Uh, but there's a couple solutions to that. One being the living room machine, I also had the Xbox and PS3 plugged yeah, in out there. Right. So I think I can find solutions for those kind of things. Or your Blu-ray and, player or your watch or any damn thing yeah, out place. Or I live in Canada and Hulu's not available. Um, and, and secondly, um, Plex is building plugins for, like server-hosted plugins for those type of um, video sites all the time. So that stuff can get better um, as you go along. And, and this is one of those those perfect instances for having a, a Plex backend with enough horsepower to do transcoding. So that way you could like say eventually, I mean, the Netflix plugin isn't necessarily the best in the world right now, but theoretically you could push online video to one of these end devices um, using the video channels feature. Um, it also um, acts as an AirPlay audio and video front end. That's pretty cool as well. So you can also send uh, music from your iPhone or, or video from, from, from your iPhone or iPad to it as well. So kind of best of both worlds there. And especially for the, uh, the footprint of the little tiny little box, just low price and just plug it in there and, you know, HDMI cable, you know, not, not that big of an entry to, to get into it. And, and they've got a, uh, a really nice installer on their website that you can run on uh, uh, windows or OS 10 or Linux. And just, you know, it's just you run it and it says, is this your SD card? Yep. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) And it just formats it and goes nuts. And I was pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah, I it's really impressive. And I'm still really excited about the uh, music player that we're that's in the works right now, because I I feel like the even though it may be a little bit, uh, I don't know, in depth for what most people want to do. I've just really started to enjoy listening to music around the house, and I and I'm I've about had it up to my eyeballs with uh, uh, with AirPlay, with remote streaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it doesn't work much anymore. It used to, but over the last 
year or so, it's just gotten so spotty. It it doesn't matter how, you know, I thought it was a connection at first. It's not, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of signal down there. I, I thought it was being interfered with other interfered with, you know, in terms of other device. It's not, uh, it's just, it's just a crappy protocol overall. And, um, you know, I, I don't have three grand to drop on a Sonos setup. <laughs> Few do. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not really my style anyway, and I, so I'm pretty excited about this, eliminating the hassle essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take a little work, but anyway, the 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 Raspberry Pi just gets better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, throw a little quick update into. Uh, sorry, I'm echoing all the help. <laughs> Okay. I don't have anything on the walls in here yet, so we'll fix <laughs> so it. It's, we'll fix it. It's a little, it's a little uh, reverby, but uh, I wanted to throw a little bit of an update into my um, mini versus uh, MacBook. Ooh, nice debate. What what you got? I'm sitting on the couch a lot. Yeah, I'm sitting out in the living room, and uh, even even, and it's not just for the sake of unpacking. Like there are. I, uh, most of my my boxes are in the in the office, but uh, now that especially with like the Rasplex install sitting out there, and just being able to watch TV and kick back on the couch, part of me is going, you know, what would make this perfect? An end table, uh, because I don't have any place to put my <laughs> drink yet. I'm still buying some furniture, but more more importantly, a uh, a laptop to uh, check my email and uh, and do some. Do some work on my on my uh, Linux box uh, in a terminal. Ready for so. me to uh, poke holes in it again? Go for it. <laughs> okay, a couple of things. Uh, one is that, uh, as cool as that might be, uh, is it you know fifteen sixteen hundred dollars cool? Well, and that's the other side I've been considering as well because I after after we had talked about it. I was thinking about the you know the ability of being able to do an, to have it do double duty as a uh, as a proper Pro Tools rig. Yeah, that's um, not if it happen. was a mini. No, I mean if if I was using a Mac Mini. Yes, agreed. And it's like it for less money I can get two uses out of this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can justify the kickback on the couch. You know what thing. you could do for the kickback on the couch thing? Use the iPad that I have sitting in the other room. Yes. <laughs> Or the Nexus it's Seven, kind of like how it should be used. I don't know. Or the Nexus yeah. Seven, or yeah, or yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, or honestly, you know, for the same, if you've got the twelve or fifteen hundred bucks, just just go ahead and buy yourself a three hundred fifty dollar, four hundred dollar laptop. Yeah, that's a good point. Too. You know, I mean, just for the dinking around you're going to do there, why not? You know, I I honestly think you would be. I, I still think so far that you would, if you, if it was free, I'd say go for it. Yeah, if I had to make a choice today with the budget that I have today, I would go with the mini. The one that pushed me over to to buy a uh, uh, an Air was the fact that uh, a I had some work that that could pay for it to a large extent. Right. Uh, B I was I was away from the office doing work often. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. and uh, uh, and C I have a good Mac desktop. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so it's kind of like you know you you take those out of the equation and it's not as sweet looking you know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh any one of them actually would kind of spoil it a little bit but uh yeah that's uh, a good point i th- I think i can feel it that ultimately i'm probably going to lean towards the mini 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to try to drag this stuff. I, I, when I moved, I managed to yank all the dust out of all of the devices, and they seem to be running a little bit better now. Go figure. Yeah, that's no, that's good too. And, and Maybe I can get a few more months out of them. Dragging it out is is never a bad thing. They're not going to get more expensive, and and it never hurts to spend some more time thinking about it. Mm. You really can't go too far wrong with that, you know. Yeah. Plus, then I can also I can also add another project to uh, rip apart my netbook and figure out what's wrong with it anyway. So hell yeah, because that wouldn't be bad for at least for terminal stuff on the. Oh yeah, exactly. For, Heck yeah, and then I get to take the damn thing apart again, and play around with it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Speaking of updates, there have been a whole lot of updates recently. Uh, too many to mention. You know, there are, there are sites that are really good at that, just running you through every possible update with every app. But there were a couple that really stuck out to us. Uh, one is that, and, and I'm not going to go over all the features because there are a billion of them, but uh, the the uh, Google Drive iPad and 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 iPhone yes. app have seen massive upgrades in the last few months and worthy of mention things ranging from you can now co-edit documents and see each other working which is pretty damn that awesome that was a pleasant surprise wasn't it <laughs> yes it is it, it totally is and uh just a whole lot of you can uh, better notifications better organization more functionality more spreadsheet functionality uh i know godox which i used heavily before uh google drive bought i can't remember if it's them or somebody else and incorporated most of the uh, functionality. Um, Godox had a recent update as well that supports a lot of that stuff too now. So I, I, my guess is that whatever app you're using, if you're using an aftermarket app to handle uh, Google Drive, probably incorporates some of those. So if you if you're a user of Google Drive, uh, and which I am, I mean certainly for <clears throat> for shared documents you know, and creating documents that aren't going to require massive formatting and everything. It's, it's full win, you know? Yeah. We, we, we pull our show notes off of Absolutely. Off, off that service. Cause yeah. it's just so damn easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so if you're using it and you, uh, have not tried the mobile app in a while, or you've used it just at a very basic level because you knew it sucked, you might go back and look <laughs> because it yeah. really does not suck anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the 1.0 version and it was just, I mean, it was uh, the, the the text entry was basically a glorified input field. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was like, ooh, this this is not not there. But it's like it get get it into the hands of people and see what they come back with. <laughs> and they've been just tweaking it over time so much, and it's just really kind of pleased with that. And it seems may- like a lot of apps have been working that to, in in that fashion, just kind of refining, not necessarily doing anything new, but refining the way things are done and. I don't know. Overall, it just feels like the the experience is getting a little cleaner uh, on a lot of these apps. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, Another update that I saw, actually, there have been a ton of them there as well, but I I think is really significant is Twist. Now, we've mentioned Twist a couple of times, but if you haven't heard of it yet, uh, Twist is a cool app that allows you to automate the process of telling people when you're going to arrive. You can tell, uh, you can pick a, a destination. It will use maps to find a, a connect, uh, to find your route and traffic and everything, and estimate your arrival time. And then, as you traverse the route, if you go slower or faster, things happen. Your arrival time changes more than a certain amount. It will update people. You can uh, not- set to notify people via email or SMS or any number of things. 
uh, if if they're a twist user, they can actually look at your route and see where you are on the way as well. Uh, but right. this, this is like find my friends for the super creeper. <laughs> Actually, you know what's really cool about it is it's it's much less creepy than find find your friends because well yeah because it's an inclusive kind of sound. well find my friends is like show people where I am all the time this is like I'm going here and I'm going to be there at this time and when you're there it notifies my arrival and shuts off mm-hmm. so so yeah. it's it's way I think less creepy to use because generally you're only doing this when you're going to meet someone or go somewhere, but instead right. so of it's more purpose driven. Yeah. And instead of like, you know, sending these texts all the time when you drive while you're driving or something, which is pretty damn stupid, by the way, remembering the XKCD, uh, yeah. uh windows, win- the windows <laughs> yeah. copy dialogue guy visits some friends. <laughs> Totally. It's, I'll be there in five minutes. No, it looks like six days. Oh, no, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, it's surprisingly accurate, too. Like, it, it really does a, a remarkable job of estimating your time and updating when it changes. Uh, well, it's got, like, li- live traffic um, yeah. collection stuff, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's using available data sources, of which there are many now. So, anyway, really cool. But most recently, they've they've done a whole spate of updates that have made it much better, even though it was pretty damn awesome in the first place. So uh, what have they updated? Well, they have a new interface on it, an entirely new interface, so that instead of this many-click system, you know, many-touch system that you had to go through to get it to, to create a twist, uh, now there's this one big main menu that shows you, like, any twist that you're monitoring, like somebody has notified you of one, it's on there, so if you want to join them and tell them that you're going there too, you can just essentially two clicks, one on it and one on join, and you're done. If uh, Yeah, and, and you can slide right for notifications now, kind of like Facebook and everybody else, uh, and you can see all the notifications and clear them and all that good stuff. But the nice one is is that right down that front main page, it has your favorites as well as the last like eight or ten places you went. And all you got to do to launch one of those is tap it and then say create. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the ultimate commuter tool now, isn't it? It is. I mean, it really is. Audra and I use the crap out of it. I mean, we pretty much send a twist everywhere we're going to each other just yep. because it's nice and easy to let somebody know if something happens to you uh, or there are any problems. And it's awesome for like, you know, you're coming home or I'm, she's coming home or I'm coming home and one of us will send a twist and the other one will start dinner, you know. It's just really awesome. I'm, I'm a fan. And, and these, this latest round of updates, I, I really love the way the company seems to work. They seem to approach it from a standpoint of we understand why you're using this and we're trying to create things to make it easier to use for the ways we know you're using it. And they're really dead on about those ways. All right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I wish I could remember all the others. There are actually so many uh, that that it's just hard to remember. Well, them e- all. even on the back end, they've changed uh, something for Google. Uh, the there's um, the the storage uh, for you know Google Drive and Gmail and Google Plus Photos. Right. Apparently, they've changed that, so now it's 15 gigs shared across the entire set of services. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I I don't come near using no. that amount of space, so it doesn't really affect me. But it's it's kind of interesting that all of this stuff is kind of converging together, and not sure what to think of that actually. <laughs> you know, one thing we should talk about in the future at, at some point down the down the road is uh, magazine reading on tablets. 
I've I've tried a bunch of them now, and I found a few that I'm happy enough with to use. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a plus. There are some big advantages to reading digitally versus uh, paper. But there's still some kind of craziness that goes on with it. Maybe sometime in the future we dig into that. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of new players. I know that um, in terms of not necessarily magazines in the traditional sense, but Flipboard just did a major app update. Oh yeah, and they've added a bunch of sharing features and a bunch of save later, save save now features and that kind of stuff. Like they've really expanded it out from the very simplistic interface that it was before, and kind of added some power user features. So I've yet to try out the new update, but uh, I have I've used it. Oh yeah. Yeah, the for the ma- better or the magazines are okay. Uh, the The magazine sharing idea, I get that. The magazine kind of what's the right word here? Um, I don't know, like analogy. It's it's meant to be sort of like a magazine, but really it's mm-hmm. more of a blog. Uh, yeah. It's like a filter blog without adding your own content. Um, I, I I have not found it as as groundbreaking and useful as the creators seem to believe it is. Uh, they, I think they imagine that you're going to have all these massive, awesome curators that are going to find the best stuff and make it easily available. But I've, there are two kind of issues with that, at least right now. One is that it seems to work best for things like uh, those art blogs or people that, that find really interesting stuff across a wide range where you probably would never look where they look, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, those tend to be kind of neat. But the vast majority of ones that are trying to filter existing content that you pro- like, like tech news, for example, where you probably already read a lot of those sites, but you're hoping that this magazine curator will find the best stuff, right? They don't. Or, or if they do, it's not something that I align with well enough to really use, use it a lot and enjoy it. And then uh, I, I have some... <sighs> It's also hard to find the particular quote magazines that are the ones you're looking for. The search system isn't really, I think, refined enough to help you find the people like, say, general people who filter tech news. Well, I need to find one that thinks about it the way I do. And and theoretically, there should be one out there, but I'm not finding them. Plus, there's no strong motivation for people to promote or 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 upkeep, you know, their 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 filtering. Uh, so, you know, there, it's not like people are out there creating these things and, and actively struggling to maintain them. They sort of like dink around with it and then stop. Um, and, and (laughs) as you'd expect. So I think there's some, it's a neat idea. I think as far as like storing it yourself, that's not, that's a cool idea. The way they allow you to store things yourself, that's great. But I'm not sure the magazine analogy really works that well for that there might be a better way to do it and i don't know we'll see i'm happy that they're trying you know i think these are good ideas maybe not implemented the way i would like but i'd certainly love to hear from anybody who differs if you're getting just a big kick out of the flipbook magazines i i'd like to know Mm -hmm. because maybe i'm missing something about the way it should be used you know well, it's it. I don't know From, from my perspective it's all been a little bit hard to get used to that kind of design because I'm still a Google reader person at heart. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I piece through feeds like that and kind of generate my own experience. Yes. So it's, it's kind of hard to relinquish a little, little of that control to, to a curation kind of setup. Like I'll just go through the 1200 articles I have backlogged and, and look at, look at the ones I want to, you know? So I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still looking for a Google reader alternate. 
But, we uh, really need to put together. There are a list of a couple, and uh, some of them are not bad, actually. And some of them are really not good either. Yeah, I think we need to we need to attack that. There are a lot of people that would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, we are out of time. Go so fast. Mm-hmm. Probably because we're having fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got anything to add here at the end? Uh, just uh, just one little recommendation of something I started listening to. Um, it's on the Nerdist uh, website. It's called Mission Log. It's the uh, it's a podcast that is is basically watching through every episode of Star Trek ever. Nice. <laughs> They're starting out with like the cage, the 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 oh, unaired pilot of oh, God. original series with Captain oh, Pike. Oh, it sucks. And it, it's oh, it's it, bad. It takes a few podcasts for them to get into it, but um, they've got about I think about forty, forty five. They they recently had a couple them them on uh, on the Nerdist uh, podcast, right? To talk, and I'm like, oh, I'd never heard of this. So you know, there there are forty episodes in, so they've got about thirteen years left. Nice, but, <laughs> but I, I, I it was kind of cool. It's like you know, I I just finished a. Um, um, with uh, another GWC or an entire rewatch of Voyager from start to finish. Nice. And, you know, burning through, you know, eight episodes a day or whatever, but it's, it's kind of cool to, uh, to get that kind of one episode a week and analyze the crap out of it. Perspective. Um, even though, you know, a lot of the original series ones I'm not familiar with, I'm kind of getting a new appreciation for, for those old episodes. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Good stuff. Well, we will see you soon. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate. 